Welcome to We're Listening, the podcast all about Frasier. I'm Will. And I'm Tyler Wilkins. <laughs> and this week we are looking at Season 6, Episode 17, Dinner Party. A bottle episode beyond any contention in which the <laughs> Brothers Crane plan an on-teens soiree during a quiet night in at 1901. Steve, double-barreled question for you. Whether it's, what's what's the name for double-barreled? <laughs> side or over-under or... Side by side or over and under, yeah. Side by side or over and under. This is a side by side double barrel question for you. Have you ever attended a proper dinner party in quote marks? And who is one person from history, dead or alive, you'd invite to yours? Uh, if I was holding a dinner party, uh, dead or alive, uh, I would have to, I think I'd have to go with Michael J. Fox. Oh, God, good one. Because I think not just his acting career, his comedy and everything like that, I just think he's a really inspiring person to have he's gone amazing. through what he's gone through in his life and still be doing what he does now. Do you know what I mean? Not not ever giving up. If there was someone to inspire you. I, I, I think I might have told you this before. I might have said it on the podcast. Someone once said to me, if you could become a character in a film, who would you be? And I always said, Marty McFly. I think he's the coolest kid ever. And I still he think is, that at my age now, I still think Marty McFly is literally the coolest guy ever invented in a film. Um, so, yeah, Michael J. Fox. As for have I ever been to a dinner party, I wouldn't say an official dinner party. Um, Did you have to put but, your keys in a fruit bowl? <laughs> <laughs> nothing like that. Nothing like that. You, um, a few of my friends, uh, I was probably 20, 21 at the time, and we got bored of going out on New Year's Day, New Year's Eve sort of parties and stuff like that. We actually decided to cook a big roast one day, and about eight of us went around someone's house, and we literally, their parents had got out, and we literally just cooked this massive roast, and all just sat down at the table and got drunk and, and ate this massive roast beef joint. Um, Excellent. But I will quickly give you an anecdote about the worst possibly food orientated evening out in the bathroom um yeah no it's worse <laughs> not even every day in arkansas would this happen <laughs> it was a neighbor had put these invitations when i used to live in a, an apartment complex a neighbor had put these invitations out for what they class as a pampered chef evening now i didn't know anything about this and my other half went oh what is it and the neighbor got back in touch via text messages and stuff and said basically she was selling pampered chef stuff which is apparently like you know the plates or dishes that go in the oven so that was what the chef it was basically like a tupperware party she was trying to sell the items however she'd invited everyone round to try and get people to come over she would cook some food everyone would chat and hopefully would all make a purchase at the end of the night to help her out and when we got there uh, it was me and l uh, one other neighbor and one other woman turned up Oh my and uh, God. so we kind of knew the other neighbor a bit 
we didn't really know the woman who'd invited us because we just thought we'd be nice and it'd be neighborly and we'd get to know them, so we should go. And the other lady that turned up was a mum from the school where their kids went, and she didn't really know the person either. She thought everyone from the school was probably going, so she should be there. Oh, no. So the oven got switched on, and a couple of hours later, some food came. But the small talk for two hours between three people or four people who don't really know each other was, as Fraser would say, tiny talk. Tiny literally. Talk. Like, I mean, <laughs> it was like, so how do you know them? Oh, uh, I pick my kids up from school and we sometimes say hello. Oh, wow. So you actually got nothing in common. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you don't know yeah. them. And how do you know them? Uh, we live the other side of the complex. Oh, right. Okay. Do you know much about them? No. Let's just see oh, here for two hours. It was, it was honestly the longest two hours of my life. And then when no one obviously wanted to buy anything at the end, and I was like, oh, I just... So, yeah, I mean, that wasn't really a dinner party, but food-related gathering, it was it, literally a Frasier disaster, except no one died and there was no painting ruined. The, <laughs> the goats didn't throw up in the kitchen. <laughs> he didn't have Otto driving through the wall. No. <laughs> um, that is painful. Um, and listeners, please get in touch with your best and worst dinner party stories. And also, he'd invite Dead or Alive. I think mine would be Dead would be Robin Williams, um, a little bit, a little bit like you and and, and Michael J. Fox. Robin Williams has always been one of my kind of heroes. Um, mm. He was he he just gave us such a warmth in his films. Um, and obviously, we know that he was a brilliant, brilliant, intelligent, funny man who had his own sufferings. And I just think he exuded so much warmth to others. Um, I'd love to. I'd love to pick his brains. I really would. Um, so yeah, listeners, let us know. Uh, shall we? Took ourselves at the table for trivia corner <laughs> this week. Are you ready? Yeah, let's go for it. Excellent. Go for it. Okay, listener mail. Not last listener mail. Trivia corner. This <laughs> week. <laughs> um, we've got some excellent questions. I know this is a fan favorite episode, so I think they've gone. They've gone for an a la carte menu of questions here. Uh, question one from the man down under, Mr. Ham Winston. He asks, what two things do Daphne and Niles think would take it would take to make Roz a lady? Uh, one of them is the actual Lord, I think, isn't it? An actual Lord, yes. Um, was there two? I thought there was only well, one. Use that clue to work back to the other one. Oh, um... What is Niles saying the actual Lord in response to? Oh, I think Daphne says, is it you'd need the something of England? And he says you'd need the actual Lord. Or something. Yeah, I can't remember the exact line, but... You're very close. So maybe you'll meet a nice, charming British Lord at the British Consulate. Um, That's it. And Niles says the actual Lord. Um, question two, what three sets of brothers do Fraser and Niles compare themselves to? Lovely question. Uh, the Wright brothers, the yeah. Collier brothers, and then yeah. Martin says the no, actually in the Gershwins. The Gershwins, very That's good. It. Are, so are George and Ira Gershwin brothers. <laughs> oh, Will, <laughs> yes. I thought I, I, whenever you talk about George and Ira Gershwin, in my head, I thought they were a married couple. I don't know which one <laughs> I thought. I don't know which because they're both male names, but I think I assumed Ira. I think I was hearing Iris, and I just thought it was a man I, and a woman. I can't remember who it was in my lifetime, but someone once said to me, does Perry Gilpin play Niles? Because they thought Perry was a male name. And it says, ah. obviously, Kelsey Grammer starring Perry Gilpin. And they went, is Perry? Uh, I was like, no, Perry's actually a 
it's the female. So there we yeah. go. There we go. <laughs> um, trivia from the cadre. Uh, Chopper Dave asks: When Fraser and Niles lose both caterers, who does Niall suggest they could use? Uh, the third-rate caterer with a record, Kiki Price. Kiki Price, very good indeed. Uh, trivia from Niall Crane: When planning the party, how many times? Was the 19th mentioned? Love this. Oh, it's going to have to be a guess. I'm going to go with six. Oh, it's nine. The clue's in the <laughs> name. Uh, trivia from a little Bobby Briscoe. I uh, love to say that every week. Uh, of the blackboard guests, which couple are the second to receive a blackboard? I want to say... You're going to go with, brother. I'm going to go with the Birkins. Is it Bye Bye Birkins? I think they're first. It's the Petersons. The Petersons. Uh, Trivia from Dr. Nora Fairchild. What incident caused caterers Cornell and Tyler to become mortal enemies? Did one of them mock the other one's stammer or stutter? Correct, because (laughs) of the misordering of food. Can you remember the... It's ahi ahi instead of mahi or something. It's it's toilet ordered mahi mahi instead of ahi uh, for a seasoned banquet. Very good. Um, Our boy, Mr. Corey, he asks, before, oh, this is good. This is a Corey classic. Before receiving the fatal phone call that dooms the party, what are the full names of the 10 invitees to the on-team soiree? Note one of them, we never get a last name. Uh, we're gonna go with Jonan Ted Birkin. Uh, they're on, I, oh no, they're blackballed, aren't they? Yeah, they're not on here because they don't get invited. Although, very nice for remembering. Gene and Hollis Ashby. Very good. Ah, uh, the Defalcos. I've not got them here. John and Carol Peterson. They get blackballed. <sighs> Arch and Nina Duncan. I yeah, <laughs> don't cry for me, Arch and Nina. <laughs> um, Missy Cromwell gets blackballed. Yes, she does. The Woolberts? Well, yeah, so there's a couple of Woolbergs. Can you name them? I can't. Um, uh, Harry and Alison. How so, many more have I got to get? Uh, there are three more. Two are very obvious. Very obvious. What? Who's going? Yeah, who's Fra- going? Fraser and Niles. Fraser and Niles. <laughs> so the last one. Who's the last one? And we don't know their surname. We don't know their surname. So we've only got a forename. Oh, I don't know. The only other couple I could think that they mentioned was it the Whitneys, but I can't think of a, another couple with first names. Maybe it's not. It's just one person, so they're not in a couple. Ross. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. Ross as well. Ross as well. Um, no, I'm out. That's it's Joachim. Joachim. Oh, of course, Joachim. An Argentinian what, is... wild child. Oh, I thought you meant the Buenos Aires Philharmonic Orchestra conductor. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <laughs> uh, what is the final numeral day and weekday of the party? Okay, so we know that we know what. So I want what's the the numeral day, i.e. the 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 ninth, the eighth, the seventh, uh, and what day of the week is it? Brackets. We know this because the. Oh, okay. I'm not going to say the clue. This is very clever. You can work this out because we're given one of the dates and what day that is on. 
I can't think of the day, but I think if I stand two twizzle sticks up together, does that say the 11th? Oh my God, it says it. So just count backwards till the two swizzle sticks. Uh, it is the 11th. <laughs> it is the 11th. Can you, do you want to guess what day of the week that is? I want to say, is it the second? Oh God. What does Martin say? It is his poker nights the third Friday of the month or something like that? That's what you need to crack to get this. It's a hard, hard question. Yeah, I, I can't, so I can't satisfying. get that. Go on. What's the answer? So we know that the 19th is every third Saturday. That's it. That allows us to work out the 11th is a Friday. Damn. It is a Friday. Uh, trivia from Euripides, Eumenides. <laughs> what is the piece of music Nars is playing on the piano in the beginning of the episode? Brilliant question. Insanely hard. <laughs> I don't know the exact thing. It's something by Bach in B-flat major, but I couldn't tell you. How the hell do you know that? Reed Hepler, a guy on Fraser Fan Club, put all of the... Um, like classical musics together. He's a pianist and he'd put all the classical music nice. together recently. So I have seen it within the last week. Um, if anyone is on Frasier Fan Club, go and find Reed's post because it's brilliant. Um, he's a very good pianist. Um, and yeah, he's gone through most of the uh, series now and found all the classical pieces. So I know it's by Bach. I know it's in B flat major. I can't take the rest of it. <laughs> well, but I mean, that's good enough for me. I've got here the prelude from J.S. Bach's Partita. Uh, number one in B flat major, uh, BWV eight two five. I'm an absolute philistine, but I don't actually know what those three letters and number refer to. I wouldn't have a clue. I'm sure it meant a lot to Bach at the time. But I'm sure me, it did. No, it sounded like a, a model of a, a knockoff BMW. Yeah. Um, <laughs> trivia for dinner party. Uh, oh, sorry, sorry. This is more trivia from dinner party. Uh, from the scary hippopotamus, and this is our last question today. Throughout the episode, how many times does Nars pick up something from Fraser's coat? As in, pick something yeah, off he it. Yeah, pl- he plucks. I'd say four as a random guess. It's twice. Not not bad, not bad. Have you got any questions for me that weren't asked? Don't worry if you have Yeah, I shall make a couple up for you. What are the? Oh, three you don't th- have to. Don't have so go to. on, what are the three things that Joaquin can eat? Oh, bugger me. <laughs> uh, rice. Correct. Bread. No. <laughs> he can't eat, he can't eat bread. Uh, rice. Um, oh, water. There's <laughs> <laughs> probably an essential that he can have water. But... Oh, you're going to have to give it me. It's rice, beans and beef jerky. Oh, God. You can make a dos uh, meal out of those. We'll go with another three. What are the three things in Fraser's uh, date book that means he can't pick certain dates? Oh, bugger me. Concert tickets. Oh, I don't have concert tickets. I'm taking a date. Expect last minute call from, from F. F. <laughs> so, yes, concert tickets is one. Uh, he's got the concert. Um, is there a something recital? There is not a recital. Oh, One's very common that uh, both boys would go to. Quite a often. haircut? <laughs> Wine club? Wine club. Wine and one, club. And one more. Think more reading books. Oh, uh, I don't know. I got a, a lecture or a seminar on, on something. Did you give up? A book club? <laughs> Library fundraiser. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, that's a fundraiser I'd go to. Hell yeah. <laughs> 
Um, excellent question. Thank you all so much over on the Trivia Post chat as well. Um, we love that you do this every week, and I think you had a lot of fun this week, because I know this episode is much beloved. Um, so without further ado, Steve, shall we get into the review? Yeah, I mean, all I was going to say was today, Trivia Corner, tomorrow we'll be wearing matching pyjamas and washing each other's hair. <laughs> let's get into the review. A gesture which becomes less significant with each passing year. Especially from me, yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, animation watch, Steve, please. Once again, as a big Leb Zeppelin fan, I get to say, it's a Zeppelin. It's a Zeppelin. <laughs> I've written down blimp here. So does that, is Zeppelin a brand of blimp? Is it a bit like when people say jacuzzi when they mean hot tub? Um, I don't know. I, I thought it was just known as a Zeppelin. I think that's just... Why do I have, to... have blimp in my head? I don't know. because well, we, the... do, we do call and, them and as well. People do say Zephyr as well. I've heard Zephyr a few times. I think Zephyr's a, uh, like a moped, isn't it? Maybe, have, but I, I've always heard... I've heard Zephyr. It definitely in relation to... A Zeppelin is a type of rigid airship named after the German inventor... Ferdinand von Zeppelin. <laughs> oh, what a name! <laughs> Luckily, his name wasn't Blimp. <laughs> I think. Oh, yeah, the F, the Airbus Zephyr. Oh, that's a glider. Where have I? Someone, maybe it was Grand Theft Auto or something. I think a video game was somewhere down the line. I've heard the name Zephyr in relation to a Blimp. So, can someone help me out where that is, please? Um, but yes, it is a Blimp. Which is that new? Uh, no, we've had it before. I know I've made the same Led Zeppelin reference before. Oh, I couldn't tell it. It's about four or five episodes ago, I reckon. Oh, really? Not that long ago? Yeah, no, it's definitely season six. It's that's, very recent. That's, that's incredibly worrying, but I can't remember that. Um, <laughs> we open with the pa- uh, piano. We open with some, some Bach uh, being played. You just know it's going to be a good episode when someone's sitting down at the piano. And the way Frazier's casually leaning against the, the bookshelves... Nas, I'm thinking of throwing a dinner party. Care to co-host? Um, I just, I just love this. Um, the fact that Frazier was prompted to do the idea by bumping into the Ashbys at the symphony. We get a kind of in very quick succession a litany of incredibly cultured things that are leading to them doing this, this, this thing. It's just great. I mean, as an opening goes, like you say, the piano, the boys are just chilled out. I mean, we don't oh. even know what night of the week this is. There's no rain outside, which I expected. Yes, you know, that would have made it for me. I don't really know what time of day it is because everyone's kind of around, aren't they? But no one's really doing anything. I mean, what have, they, what have the boys just been doing? That's what I tried to imagine before this. I mean, this, this, oh, bring up now, it's a bottle episode. This is 22 and a half minutes of real-time TV. Nothing goes on outside. We don't see anything outside the apartment. We barely even go into more than two rooms. Yet, what were they doing just before this? Was Niles just noodling on the piano? You know, sleeves rolled up. Were they going to have a sherry? They weren't mulling over anything. And Fraser said, Fraser just says, why don't you just play some bark and I'll just stand here. And then when you finish, I'll say, do I throw a dinner party? <laughs> Actually, I do. Yeah. It's just, it's just wonderful. Um, yeah, I don't know if this is an example of I don't know, the, the Latin, is it in, in media res, in media res? That's when you begin a narrative in the middle of things. It's almost mm. like we're dropped into the middle of this this episode. Um, and the kind of just, the, yeah, the Crane Boys hanging out. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'm going to save the, my comments about whether or not it, it's, whether or not it should rain in this episode to the very <laughs> end. But obviously I'm going to wade in on that. Um, Daphne's got friends at the British consulate. Incredibly convenient, incredibly unlikely. Um 
I don't I don't know. Does she have to go there a lot because of her her visa status and so has struck up a conversation with a diplomat? I kind of imagined it was better than saying me and Ros are going out clubbing tonight. Hmm. You know, it, it it has to be a posh dress because they could have just worn jeans and a nice top to go out clubbing or go out to a bar. Yes. It has to be it's a proper event. Why Daphne's invited other than being British, I don't know. Why she's taken Ros and not a date, I don't know. Mm. She is with Donnie at the moment. Why does she not take Donnie? Oh, yeah. I mean, she was with Donnie in the last episode. Last week, we watched that happen. And not only that, I will discuss the fact that last week, Ros was trying to get in between Donnie and Ryan Daphne. Oh, this my week, God, yeah. This week, all is forgiven. I'm going to take you on a night out to the British consulate. Maybe you'll meet someone. <laughs> That's so true. Like, if we actually step back and think about what happened last week, it was gross and weird. But that brings me on to a bottle episode is contained. Nothing mm. outside this episode. There is no continuity in this episode. It never gets mentioned again. Nothing from a previous episode gets mentioned. Nothing carries on. No story arc develops. A bottle episode is purely one episode contained, main cast only, in a bottle. So really, forget decoys. Didn't happen. Yeah, I guess that is true. Um, <laughs> so as much it... as I've pointed it out, forget it happened. It forget hasn't... it. This I is one, a one of those pens from Men yeah. in Black to, <laughs> to bl- blank my brain. Um, we get the delivery now of expect desperate last minute call from F. Uh, listeners will be very pleased to know that's often a phrase uh, between <laughs> me, Steve, and Key when we're trying to arrange who's recording what. Um, we like to we like to throw that that line around. Um, I, I put here nineteenth. With an exclamation mark. I think that's just because they they settle on the 19th. Um, and then you've got the brilliant irony of Marty coming in. And any day but the 19th, uh, which I just think is is superb. I often use the phrase unusually protracted. And I got it from this episode when he says, after an unusually prota- protracted game of dueling notebooks, Niles and I have settled on a date to host our on-team soiree. It's a great sentence that comes out of his mouth there. I absolutely love dueling notebooks. Oh, I think, or, yeah. or, no, is it no, yeah. dueling, dueling date books? Dueling date books. I think the fact that they've both got a physical date book oh. dates the hell out of this episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, and it's so they, nice. Yeah, they didn't get a mobile phone out and go, oh, let me just have a look. They didn't go and get a physical calendar. They both have that black book of I need to know where I am at what time and what I'm doing because there's so many symphonies and library fundraisers and wine club events and what socialites these two really are. And we see that in this. I'd love to have (laughs) even even 10% of the things that they go to on my calendar. Um, Absolutely superb. Uh, Martin mentions Jimmy um, now. Is that Jimmy the Con from... Uh, for me once or whatever the episode's called i don't know is it is uh he cancels a wedding doesn't he, he cancels his daughter's wedding or something where he rearranges his daughter's wedding to be at the poker night because it's so good or is it his polyp surgery or is that someone else that's mel mel that's has mel. His po- mel mel postpones his polyp surgery to be at poker night poker night at marty's it's just a marty party isn't it it's just so it's great you have, you've got to be there you can't you've miss got it to be there so if, if that's the same jimmy from the topaz room fame you know the meters don't run at night and neither do you um <laughs> that it could be the same jimmy but we just don't know 
Um, but at this point, the guest list are, are dropping like flies. Uh, they're struggling to kind of get who they need to land the big names, um, the fabulous Ashbys uh, around whom they're building the night, um, which we'll, we'll get to in a minute. You know what? The Ashbys actually remind me of when me and Maris uh, were really happy in our marriage. <laughs> I must have been sick that day. <laughs> um, I love when Niall says, I'll call you later to discuss the menu. Imagine hosting a dinner party and like the menu is a bit of a forum. We can discuss this. Like, is that does that strike you as like a, a whole other echelon of posh? I mean, yeah, I mean, surely once you've booked a caterer to go back to your... How many people are they having there? Having eight, aren't they? I think eight. they want eight. I think maybe ten, they say, at one point. Mm. Then it might scale yeah, so back. Them, yeah, so it's them two and they're trying to get another eight, Yes, yes. So do you then phone all other eight people and say, is this okay? Is this okay? What about this? Surely you know, not. We'll, we'll try and cater for your shellfish demands. All that sort of thing <laughs> comes back out again. You think, well... We're... You know, what if one person says, yeah, that's perfect, I like chicken, and the next person goes, well, I'm actually vegetarian. You go, mm. right, so that's uh, nine plates of chicken, one not. <laughs> this caterer is not going to be very happy with ten different dishes. They're going to want to turn up and make one starter, one main, one dessert. And Done. they've got a record, so if they get angry, who knows what they'll do. <laughs> um... <the> price, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just, yeah, and I, I can't imagine there are many vegetarians in Fraser and Niles' circle. They all like their... French foods with butter and meat and, you know, duck confit and pate. I get the feeling in 90s sitcoms, vegans haven't even been invented yet. Neither, yeah, I think that's, <laughs> that certainly seems it was, the way. It was probably completely unheard of. It wasn't. I mean, there, there was people that were around at that time doing that sort of thing, but not in a sitcom. It just wasn't known, was it? And like, and like you say, with, with these two chomping down on foie gras and God knows what else, you know, it's caviar and everything else uh, ethics and morals and veganism just didn't come into this sitcom at all <laughs> no not at all I and mean, those discussions actually always reminds me of, of the simpsons i think of lisa the vegetarian and etc um mm. and and then that made me think of lisa the tree hugger when <laughs> charl and i were in the peat district um a few weeks ago and we were hiking we bumped into this quite kind of hippie-ish couple who were very kind of into nature and stuff and and they just kind of chatted to us for a bit and then went on um, they're a bit intense. Um, but then we saw them as we were coming down off to the side of the trail and they were both hugging trees. Um, like so that's a real thing. <laughs> yeah. And it's the first time I've ever seen it happening. Like each had a separate tree, each had their own. They were fully arms wide, fully embracing, head buried deep in the bark. Um, and yeah, I mean, I love trees i love them i don't just think oh yeah trees are good we should plant more of them i really yeah. love trees i like um, them but i wouldn't date one do you know what I mean? no <laughs> i wouldn't i wouldn't i wouldn't i'm not sure unless i knew i was utterly alone and even then i don't think i'd I'd be tempted to do that but i'd be curious to know have we got any nat naturalist not naturist <laughs> listeners um all isn't night, it, isn't, all naked. It, isn't it funny how naturist <laughs> sounds like it should be the right one, but it isn't. Uh, have you ever hugged a tree? Let us know. Uh, completely unrelated to anything we're talking about, but I'd like to know. Uh, we now get the deli lovely delivery of Bye Bye Birkins with the first black ball um, into the... What is that That posh receptacle? I, I would presume it's a wattle bowl, a Christmas Ooh, punch. A Christmas punch. Didn't, which... you loan that, didn't you loan that to uh, the Yorktos? <laughs> <laughs> do you know what the weird thing about that is that bowl is never seen anywhere else he doesn't go and get it from the kitchen that's sitting in the middle of the dining table for the first time ever yeah it's ready to receive its black balls what did it um, have in before that though 
I don't. I can't. It's just an empty bowl sitting there. Uh, yeah, like you chuck your keys in there, but a potpourri. I, I don't know. It doesn't look like it serves much. It looks like an much. antique bronze bowl of some sort, doesn't it? But yeah, I it presume. Really... I presume it was the Wassel bowl. It's just that's what it made me think of. I think so. Um, we never question the black ball. We just bow to its will, um, which is a, a lovely, lovely line. Have you ever done this kind of veto thing with friends over anything? Um, being an admin of 30, well, just over 30,000 members of Fraser fan club now. Yes. All the time. Um, <laughs> it, it will quite often be, should we allow the post? Should we decline the post? Should we allow the member? Should we decline the member? Do you know what I mean? All in favor. And I must admit there is people that will write things on a Facebook forum that shouldn't be on there. It'll get kicked from the group. And quite often I will either write bye bye Birkins to John. Or he will write to me, ta-ta, pie man. Um, <laughs> so that is a, a behind-the-scenes joke. But, um, yeah, I mean, it is good fun to say, yeah, bye-bye Birkins. I just dropped that black ball. That's amazing. I love that. Um, we now have the mention, the first mention of the episode of the Drunken Duncans, which who sound <laughs> like a handful, to be honest. Um, and then Fraser playing Niles here, saying you've only mentioned them for me to use my final black ball. And then he plays Niles. Oh, stop it! They're hideous. <laughs> <And then> he, <laughs> he chucks his, his Don't in. Cry as well. for me, Arch and Nina. And Nina, <laughs> one of the great puns of the show. Um, it has to be said. I love Niles. I don't know who he mentions this now. It's one of the one of the blackboard people he says he's adult this is a word you very rarely hear now is that john and carol peterson because he says nope she's a twit or is that uh i think no i think i think it's what it's just one couple because nope he's adult it's just the he's adult but adult meaning just an idiot a stupid Mm. person gotta bring that back you know, oh, you adult. It's great. People just, people just don't use it often enough. It's like the word thrice. People should use that more often. <laughs> they should. They should use that more often. Um, I was I was absolutely screaming that word the other day when I was teaching Romeo and Juliet to my year eight. Like, you have thrice disturbed the peace of our streets. Um, but there we are. Uh, imagine, Steve, you are the fabulous Ashby's. You are Hollis Ashby. You pick up the phone. It's only your boy, Frasier. He says he's invited you to a dinner party and he's building the night around you. How does that make you feel? I think my first question would be, are Arch and Nina going to be there? Because they're drunk. <laughs> they're they hideous. Are. Do I want to go to a dinner party that but they're going to be But they've at? got plans with them, haven't they? Well, that's the weird thing. Do, were they at the symphony as well? I don't know, but they've got plans with them. So it's weird that Fraser and Arch feel such an affinity to the Ashbys, but that doesn't extend to Arch and Nina, yet the Ashbys love Arch and Nina seemingly. So maybe the Ashbys are drunks as well. Maybe, but I just think what <laughs> what a compliment to be told they're building a dinner party around you. That's yeah. such a that's such an ego stroke. Something um, that the Walberts, DeFalcos, and Gordons did not have. They just they did, they did not get that. <laughs> um, actually, I was I was telling Charles I was, I was chatting to a colleague at school, and he um he mentions he's he's a fair bit older than 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 we are. Um, but he 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 kind of has dinner parties every every now and then. But he's he's a music, he's into music, really into it, and we always discuss music. And uh he listens to everything and anything, and we lend each other vinyl. Mm. And he says at the end of a dinner party, they pass the phone around and everyone gets to play a couple of songs from Spotify and they all awesome. have to listen to each other's music, and then he sends out the playlist of what they listened to. And I was like, one, incredible, I'm stealing that. And two, can I come for dinner at your house? Because yeah. <laughs> I've already amazing. chosen my two songs. I've already chosen them. Yeah. What, what would you play? What was the, what were the two songs you'd play? Oh my god, that's a great question. I think 
you know what? I've just been singing it a lot this evening. I think I'd play uh, I Think It's Gonna Rain Today by Randy Newman. A gorgeous, nice. a gorgeous piano ballad with some really perfect songwriting. I think that's what I'd play. Do you know what? I got asked today, actually, John John texted me saying, what was, because uh, I was talking about Queen, actually. I've been listening to a bit more Queen, actually. But it, for listeners that aren't aware, which most of them won't be, I'm currently trying to listen to a thousand albums in 2024. And I've, I've listened to over 450 albums since the 1st of January, which I'm pretty proud of. Anyway, so I'm trying to limit myself on Led Zeppelin and Queen albums because I have to stretch that out. If not, I could have listened to them all in the first week and I won't listen to Led Zeppelin for the rest of the year or Queen. So John asked me what my favourite Queen song was. I said, well, Bohemian Rhapsody was the first Queen song I ever heard, and I fell in love with the band when I was about five or six. Um, the problem is, it's so cliche, isn't it, to say, oh, Bohemian Rhapsody is mm. their biggest song ever. It was number one twice, you know, record-breaking out uh, song. I said, but it's not actually my favourite song. My favourite song is probably In the Lap of the Gods Revisited. Mm. And I sent it to him, and and yeah, so that would be one I'd want to choose. But it, it's probably not dinner party material. And the other one would be Led Zeppelin, Dazed and Confused, which throughout listening to these albums, most evenings I still go, I'm just going to listen to Dazed and Confused nice and loud before I go to bed, have a whiskey and just literally just chill out, close my eyes for seven minutes and just listen to that song. And I can do it and I never get bored of it. Um, it's just, you know, that, that would be my perfect two songs to play to a dinner party. However probably not dinner party material <laughs> well I, th- I i would listen to the hell out of them i think while well, we're eating our sorbet and you know robert plant just going nuts um what more could you want um and yeah so they drop their phones now when they're on the phone to cornell and tyler yeah cornell evans and tyler wilkins and they they cock up which phone to use which is just classic fast material uh, and now Martin comes in after they've kind of sorted this problem and says he's changed it to the 11th. And it's just there's a kind of dramatic <laughs> irony. It's brilliantly played because you forget Martin's gone off to do that. Um, yeah. Or certainly yeah. I did. I think I forgot that plot point. So he comes back in and just basically another iceberg on their path to dinner party perfection. Um, and it's just it's just brilliant. And we also, now get. Oh, sorry. Sorry. You go. You go. Sorry. You go. I was going to say it's also cleverly done because. Back then, most people used landline phones, and we see Frazier use the landline to start with. Martin goes off to make the phone call. The boys both pick out a mobile phone. Obviously, one, so they can drop them, but two, because Martin's on the phone making his arrangements. Oh, that's <laughs> that's good. That's really good. Perfectly. Because, again, bottle episode, it has to happen in real time in 22 minutes. That's where Martin goes to make his phone call. Yeah, that's <laughs> nice. That's really nice. Um, we have now... I. I say this a lot, so listeners, it's lost all meaning to them. But this has to be in the pantheon of deliveries from Frasier. Do you know what I'm referring you, to? If you say this in every episode, there's now going to be 264 top, top lines could, for Will's I choices. <laughs> I'm, I'm willing, when I finish this podcast, um, to put together my top 10 favourite lines. But we will have to dim the lights. Um, Go on. This... What, what is this one? What is it? Okay, I want to try and I want to try and remember the lo- word for word. I won't. We will, of course, we will have to dim the lights. Um, Nina Duncan will insist on on it's not perfect, but showing a large number of slides in the time she danced Agamemnon at Jacob's pillow. Um, the delivery of this, the way Fraser holds his lips pursed in a kind of camp 
coquettish kind of are you going to make the next move he knows what he's just said is the most ludicrously pretentious thing that's ever come out of his mouth (laughs) it's absolutely superb and whoever came up with that my god but that's unbelievably good it's one of the best lines from the show um and and a line you just couldn't have had in any other sitcom now or then no i mean did you do you know what jacob's pillow is Yes, it is a kind of dancing institution place in Massachusetts where people dance. And I think it's known for kind of free-spirited... You looked it in... up, though, didn't you? Oh, my God, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Of course I looked it up. Because I think I if you're a Frasier fan, when. you're a Frasier fan, you have to have looked up what the hell that is. Because... And and Agamemnon, obviously the play, you know, the kind of antiquity yeah. play. But um, it's just superb. And, yeah. The idea of of of, Nile, of Frasier, sorry, of Martin and his poker buddies sitting there watching this interpretive modern dance on the slides—it's just hilarious. I'm sure other sitcom writers write other things, but there is a lot of Frasier writers that are writing plays. Ken Levine at the moment is still writing plays. Um, mm. He didn't write this one actually. A guy called Jeffrey Richmond wrote this episode. Well, God um, bless Jeffrey Richmond. But but yeah, it, it comes out of nowhere. I, I didn't expect it to be him. It, it comes across actually more like a Ken Levine, maybe a Bob Daly, or obviously a Joe Keenan episode. The way this episode is built, and it's not. It's literally uh, Jeffrey Richmond, which is totally you know out of left field for me personally. I, I don't see that name coming in to write this episode personally. Mm. Um, I was expecting one of the bigger names. But yeah, I mean, those guys are all writing theatre and a bottle episode again is this this episode itself is one act. There is no act two. It doesn't even move. I mean, it moves to Daphne's room for a short time, but it really is, the, it, for me personally, the most perfect bottle episode in a sitcom. Um, it is superb. Others I would like to mention are, you know you know which one I'm going to go with? From the friends, one where no one's ready. Perfect. Only yeah. the main cast set in real time. Really outside that. He doesn't even go outside the room, does he? It's just in the main apartment. No, I think like Freight Joey leaves to put on all of Chandler's clothes. Um, but they don't leave that main no, room, do they? they don't, really? We don't leave the room. Um, there's a brilliant episode of Mad About You called Love on the Tiles. I need uh, to watch Lo- that show. Or, or it might be called Love Among the Tiles. Basically, the two main characters uh, are getting ready for a night out on Valentine's Day and get locked in their bathroom when the bathroom oh, handle breaks oh, off. That's so good. 24 minutes, real time, of them trying to break down the door, trying to pick it open. They're eating, um, I can't remember what they're trying to eat for food. It's something stupid, like pills out of the cabinet that they think they should eat, like stomach-settling stomach pills they think they will make them feel fuller. Um, drinking water from the tap and trying to shout through to get the dog who's in the main apartment to try and open the door, which is never going to happen. You never see the resolution, but for 22 minutes, they are literally arguing and then in love and how do they get out of it? And they're just sat in the bathroom. They never move from their own bathroom. Oh, that's um, so good. Uh, a lot of people think the episode Seinfeld, uh, the Chinese restaurant, that would be a bottle episode because you see the main cast Minus Kramer, though, so that, for me, is not a bottle episode because it should be only main cast. See, for me, a bottle episode, in my head, I'd always thought it doesn't necessarily have to include all main cast. For for me, the bottle was always about it being a single setting. Yeah, for me, it's main cast only, no guests. So with the one... But, But what if the setting changed... But it was main no, cast it, only, no guess. If it's if it's one setting, as long as it's in one setting, one apartment room, one yeah, yeah, even, yeah. even the Chinese restaurant works, but Kramer's not in it, and there's the Chinese restaurant owner. 
and there's a few other characters like See, in the background I, I, stuff. I would play devil's advocate and i would say that is still a bottle episode because it's still yes. in one place it is it's bottled but they had to build that set for it so therefore it's not a typical bottle episode of not saving money on, on set yeah. Um, yeah. Whereas the Friends one only cast main cast members only in one setting, so yeah. that's why the Seinfeld one for me breaks that rule. Um, a lot of people think My Coffee with Niles is a bottle episode. For me, it is. It is in real time, and it is only in Nervosa. However, Luck Harvey's in it. She's not a main character. I oh, I'd still so, say that's a bottle episode. I will say it's a bottle episode, but I would prefer it if it was only main cast. Steve, a bottle, a Steve bottle episode. Need to come up with a limited edition bottle. With a cap on it that that qualifies. Well, the, well that's the th- the three main oh, ones that I will things. pick is is this one, the Mad About You episode and the Friends episode. So purely main cast, purely one setting, and only in that one place it happens. That for me is a bottle episode. Well, I think you're you're pretty spot on <laughs> because according to Wikipedia, which of course is no place to cite anything. It says it's an, it's an episode produced cheaply and restricted in scope to use as few regular cast members, effects, and sets as possible. Mm-hmm. So the criteria is definitely set, but it's also about cast members. So very curious to see have, listeners where they fall on the definition. Have you seen uh, Breaking Bad? Oh, Fly. I was telling Charles about this. Yeah. Now, I'm pretty sure it's only Walt and the Fly, isn't it? <laughs> Is is Jesse not in there with him? I think Jesse. I, I can't remember if Jesse's in there or not. I haven't seen it for a few years. Now. I thought I it was just it... the two of them chatting in the lab because otherwise, surely Walt can't speak to anyone for forty five minutes. No, I think you're right. It's both of them. Walt gets yeah. obsessed with the fly, doesn't he? But they don't leave that room. Yeah, and, that was... and that, that's a noticeable bottle episode because, like, Breaking Bad's a dramatic show, and that's a very glacial episode. And that apparently was because they needed to save the money for the effects that were coming up in the next few episodes, yeah. which are obviously very, very dramatic. Yeah. So the fly, the fly works. <laughs> it does. It does work. Uh, have I ever told you about a semi-bottle episode? I'm joking. <laughs> but <laughs> listeners, wade in, please. Bottle episodes, where do you draw the line? Do you still agree with me that semi-bottle episodes are a thing? <laughs> because I'll be honest, I don't think I agree with me anymore. I don't really think I was ever onto anything with that. Um, where am I in? Okay, who is the other one? For me personally, Niles. I think it's Niles. I that will upset Niles. people. That will really upset people because I think it's it's being held at Fraser's apartment. Fraser's the one always organising these things. Niles is the younger brother who appears as Fraser's date, basically when Fraser can't have one. Yeah, I, and and I again, not to risk the ire of the the Niles I Heart Niles Brigade. Um, he is without doubt less socially adept than Frasier. Mm. Frasier is more charismatic. Frasier is better speaking to people. Frasier can quote Alexander Pope in front of everyone at a dinner party. I don't think Niles has got the wherewithal to do that. I, I do think Niles is the other one. When um, Niles has tried to hold dinner parties, it's always been Frasier that's gone to help him. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so... Listeners, again, who do you think is the other one? I think if Facebook has a poll option, we should put a poll out. That'd be quite and what, nice. While we're there, between me and Will, who is the one and who is the other one? So <laughs> I, I would say I'm probably the other one. He's the host of the most, and I'm the tagger on. Oh, yeah, do, I don't know. Just for a laugh, we'll do that one as well. <laughs> we'll do that one. <laughs> um, 
I put here, look at, oh, okay. Uh, it was like, you know, when Fraser's on about the fact that they're the other one and maybe we do do, do too much together. He goes, oh, well, I think that's unfair. Look at her and Harry. They're married, Niles. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, they go everywhere together. <laughs> Which really kills me. Uh, and then Fraser's kind of, they, they kind of start arguing out. He goes, you heard her. You get Fraser. You get that, Niles. <laughs> it's, just, it's the grammar of you get that, Niles. It's just, obviously, he's added the words in and, and and in for a moment it's kind of author author kind of you expect them to jump on one another you stole my mommy like yeah. it's 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 classic sibling rivalry at its best in this moment it, it truly is but i suppose if you are in that in that brotherhood you are if someone said oh are you bringing your brother every time you would get kind of like yeah i probably shouldn't now do you know what i mean is at what point do you separate obviously they are like best friends but they're also like best enemies as well aren't they yeah they're frenemies um very much oh you are so that other one <laughs> um had you come across the collier brothers before this episode i hadn't i think it's amazing that they're actually a real pairing that had some, oh. like, a hun- is it 140 tons of collectible like musical instruments and bicycles and newspapers and books in a brownstone honestly reading about like that that labyrinthian maze that they had mm. that martin mentions that newspaper is true they had traps in there as well um yeah because so they people, thought people were going to steal their stuff <laughs> yeah like insane um it almost kind of Ripley's Believe It or Not. It's almost kind of too good to be true. But yeah, really interesting and worth a read. Um, and I, I think I might go and have a look at the Wikipedia page. Start, <laughs> really. um, it's really sad when Fraser says, oh, maybe they're right. Maybe we do need to go our separate ways. And I'm glad the episode ends. Well, it, it ends in a kind of short-term joke that, okay, maybe they should go their separate ways because of the knock at the door. But the, the moral of this message is they've got each other. Um, they don't need to go their separate ways and they're happy as they are, which I'm glad is what the conclusion is. Because it's really sad when he's suggesting, <clears throat> oh, let, let's let's go our own ways because they, they need each other. But they then do decide to go out for dinner at Campagnon, I believe. Campagnon? Is it, or is it Companion, which just seems to be the way that the uh, subtitles comes up. So I presume, I, I, it's, uh, I presume it's French of Campagnon. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, if I said to you, Steve, let's go design a seating chart, what would you say? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, there's there's ten names. <laughs> <laughs> you always know how to cheer me up. <laughs> how long is that going to take? We've got we've got to touch upon the uh, the scene uh, where Ros and Daphne are in Daphne's room. Yes. Um, it, the glittery dress, yeah or nay? I mean, how would you feel about taking Charlotte in that? <laughs> uh it's it's uh, for, to a British consular. Um, I do agree with with Ros. Um, it's a little loud. Um, but you just need to accessorize it. What with a lamp, a lamppost, and a public <laughs> defender. <laughs> I mean, the whole thing. Was it? You said you you said um, you said I look like a hooker. No, I said I'd look like a hooker. You look fine. <laughs> On you, it just works. <laughs> so offensive, so deeply offensive. I, I think um, personally, I think I will just touch upon. I think both the girls look absolutely stunning in both dresses. Um, when they're going out, it's a shame that the red dress has that bleach stain on because I think Daphne actually looks really, really nice. Mm. Is that the same dress from Moondance? Because she says, this is the only ball gown I have. Ooh. Doesn't I look the same other than it's red. I can't remember what it looks like in this episode, but the one from Moondance is so striking. Mm. I think we'd have we'd have noticed if she had that on again. Yeah, so, but yeah, mm. I mean... There we have it. Uh, listen, Ros, I mean, 
was gonna, sorry, I was going to say. No, you go, you go. I was going to say, Vos seems to have a lot of dry cleaning for a single parent. <laughs> she does. She does. Um, well, no, isn't she doing Daphne's dry cleaning? She says, I've got a lot of my dry cleaning down in the car and it's all ball gowns. I mean, where's Ros been going out? <laughs> oh, yes. Very good point. Very good point. Um, the Ashbys have a family emergency, but apparently not enough of an emergency to come up with a plausible excuse, uh, which absolutely <laughs> kills me. Uh, the third rate caterer with a record now. Joachim's coming. The episode just, it falls apart here. Not that the episode falls apart there. Dinner party falls apart. Um, and we're just left with the, the dregs of the fact that no one is coming to their party. They can't possibly host this thing. Um, a really superb episode, which leads me to ask you, Steve, is it in your top ten? Will, Will, Will. Do you oh, think it's in my top ten? I think not only is this in your top ten, it's potentially in your top three. Um, yeah. What do you think I rated it on IMDb? Ten out of ten. If I could, I'd rate it eleven. It is in my top ten. I knew it would be. And there we <laughs> is have it. it in yours? <laughs> is this the elusive final piece to the puzzle, Steve? It is not in my oh, top ten. However, definitely go with this. <laughs> I do need to revise my top ten. I think because I do think this episode is phenomenal, and I think it's worthy of a place over some. I've got some left wing choices. Chess pains isn't everyone's choice. The impossible dream is certainly not everyone's choice. Um, nevertheless, uh, this one just misses it. If it was raining and the rain was a <laughs> central part of the plot, like it was pattering on the windows and they go over to a stormy skyline and ponder who to invite. I think it, I, it sounds pathetic. I think that could push it into the top 10. Um, but as of right now, it's not the final piece to the puzzle. The the wait goes on. Um, best actor, who have you gone with? I have to go with Kelsey again. Frasier, definitely. Excellent. I have so gone with that other one. No, I haven't. It's Frasier. <laughs> um, I just think the Agamemnon, the Black Ball, um, the uh, protracted date books. The you know, I just think he 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 kills it. Um, Nas is amazing. They're both brilliant. Yeah. This episode is testament to their talents and the way that they play together um, so brilliantly. But yeah, I've gone, I've gone for French. I've got, I've got to admit, Perry has some amazing lines in it. She's Rose, good. Re- I think the way she walks away from the table at one point, she says, "You think I'm not classy enough for this?" Ugh. And then she goes, "Shut up, Nas!" Before he even says a word, he literally moves his mouth and looks yeah. at him, "Shut up, Nas!" and carries on walking. without even turning around as well. <laughs> yeah, just- I just think that that delivery and um, the what with a what would you accessorize this with? I just think those two lines alone, she's excellent. But yeah. like I say Kelsey Kelsey knocks it out of the park for me. Yeah, some superb acting on show here. Uh, Kenley Burling, I'm on the ground, Steve. To the best of your knowledge, has he ever danced to Jacob's Pillow? He has danced Agamemnon at Jacob's Pillow. He has. I he heard. actually taught it. He taught it. He, he is the, the class the, instructor. He is the uh, choreographer of Jacob's Pillow. I've <laughs> heard he once did a one-man performance of the entire soundtrack to Saturday Night Fever at Jacob's Pillow and was asked to never return. So this must have been <laughs> after he had his tenure, um, his residency as Agamemnon instructor. Uh, thank you very much. All that remains to play is Whose Crane Is It Anyway? The game where I ask Steve a word that's used in the episode only once, uh, but it can be any word. 
and Steve has to tell me who said it. Your word this week, and I'm just going to double check it is only used once because if it isn't, I'm buggered. Oh, oh, no, hang on. Oh, bugger, it's used twice. Um, Okay, I've recalibrated. Your word this week is classy. I think it's Roz. You think I'm not classy and sophisticated enough. It is Roz. I thought it might throw you off because I thought she says refined and maybe one of the others says classy, but you're bang on. It is classy. As as a as a bonus, can you remember who says apartment? Or do you want to make a guess who says apartment? I want to say Martin about the Collier brothers. Uh, brilliant, absolutely. And Frazier's when he says, "Well, we can we can sh- host the party simultaneously. The apartment's big enough." Um, <laughs> which which the pricey into. Of course, we will have to dim the lights, um, which just kills <laughs> me. Uh, shall we jump over to listener mail? Yep, let's go over there. Raz, who's our next caller? Okay, listener mail, unsurprisingly a popular one on Facebook and Instagram. Thank you, everyone who's written in. We read everything. We don't have time to read everything out on air, as, as you, of course, well know, but we do read everything anyway. A few people have been querying or pon- pondering, could this be the elusive top 10 final piece for me? Which, of course, at this point, if you're listening, you know it isn't. Uh, Louis Ryan Sharp said, brilliant episode. Could this be the last pick for Will's top 10? My guess is yes. And Karen Saxon put, I think you might be right. Right. Sorry to break both of your hearts, um, but I do want to begin properly with our man, Corey uh, Mischief Knight, who says, gents, we've arrived at a top 10 episode for me. Not only in the top 10, but my number one favorite episode overall. I just love the slice of lifestyle of the episode that portrays something that feels so real to what we've all experienced, the crisis of planning something. Sitcoms sometimes have to get to a certain wacky level to drive the humor. Uh, This episode feels so real. It's also the episode that feels the most like a genuine one-act play that was filmed. I love that you could show this episode to someone who knows nothing about Frasier and they could enjoy uh, enjoy it just for what it was. Uh, I'm so glad that we've made it to this part of the, our Fraser journey, and you haven't blackboarded me yet. Fun bits. <laughs> Number one, Niles calls, called the Warburgs from his cell, but they called back Fraser's apartment to leave a voicemail. I suppose Niles could have directed them to do so, but just seems convoluted. Steve wanted to know from Decoys if Martin's comment, we've had a happy 40 years together, howled any water. Again, some of these dates are assumed based on context and hypothesis, but as best our Fraser brain trust can figure... Hester and Martin got married in 1952 because she got pregnant and Frasier was born in March. And we also know that Frasier was the person who convinced Hester to walk down the aisle. We also believe that Hester passed away in 1987. So 1952 plus 40 equals 92, which makes the statement a little fuzzy. But Martin might be estimating. Also, we know that, quote, Grandpa can't do maths in his head. Thank you, Corey, you wonderful man. I'll just run through three or four of the quick ones on Instagram. Uh, Nicholas Jam 19 has put one of my favourites of the whole show. So funny. Love the bottle episode type two. Uh, True Golden Geek has put, if I could blackball any episode, it would sadly be this one. So oh. a non, non, non-lover non of this. Uh, Frederick Gaylord Crane on Instagram <laughs> has put, my favourite episode, core cast, one location, real time, is like watching a play. And our friend over at Fraser Interiors on Instagram, in my yes. top ten, I sourced the silver bowl for your information. I think someone bought it from the link I shared. So again, if you've got Instagram, not only follow us at Fraser Pod, but go to Fraser Interiors. It's a brilliant account showing all of the items that Fraser owns, the detail behind them, who designed them, where they come from, and links to buy some of the stuff um, or copies of. Please go and see that um, 
Last one I'll quickly do. The dead is dead. I wish someone could make Frage Agamemnon line make sense. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. So to quote, uh, not to quote, to offer some contrasting views to the the person who blackballed the episode uh, a run of three here that love this uh jeremy valienos uh says uh this is definitely not a dried up old fig one of my favorites love the real-time feel of this episode uh stephanie sunshine says dinner party is one of the funniest fraser episodes in my opinion um she loves all the little mishaps and the reference of the collier brothers one of my top five for sure blackball uh, and Jess Sterling says Dinner Party is one of the few episodes where I think DHP stands out as being much funnier than Kelsey. Nas is sniffing the cell phone after Frasier says he could smell uh, his cologne on the other fo- uh, other phone and later pulling lint off Frasier's jacket in the kitchen are both fantastic little physical moments. My latest rewatch did have me wondering where Frasier possibly seats eight people for a dinner party at 1901. I think the most we've ever seen eat at his table has been five and they've had to be quite cozied up next to one another. Uh, excellent. Uh, and Jess ends by saying, enjoy recording this episode, you two, both the one and that other one. We've got Ashley, too, who's written to us saying, well, don't cry for me, Will and Stephen, brackets. It kind of works, doesn't it? Excellent. Um, Eliza DMV, other one is on the voicemail, a debate for the times. I love this episode. Uh, Chantel says these two put way too much drama in having people over for a meal and chris jono 84 black ball black ball <laughs> uh gareth lloyd Rowland says will's final top 10 one might speculate cheryl robinson put came here to say this as well i'm sorry to let you all down uh cheryl robinson also says definitely one of my faves so many puns and yet i think this is in will's top 10 uh grace p i'm so sorry i don't know how to pronounce your surname and i do not want to butcher it so please educate me um grace because i want to get it right for you uh one of my top 10 and a true bottle episode hashtag stand with key <laughs> which i think is excellent uh david lopez top-notch episode don't cry for me archer nina um Rebecca D. Campbell says, uh, Fraser getting the drunken Duncans to hold up swizzle sticks just to comprehend that the party's on the 11th. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, any more on your end, Steve? Yeah, last few over here. Uh, Dr. Maria CR99, definite top 10. Have been looking forward to you guys reviewing this one. Eliza DMV, or oh, another one, sorry, definitely no blackball for this episode. It's one of the best. Uh, Gareth1976, definitely not blackballing this episode. It's up there with the best. And Samsonite, the way Will mentioned this pod episode last week makes me think it's his number one. I'm very Ooh. sorry, Sam. It's my, it's one of mine, but it's not his. There's going to be um, revolt when I eventually do reveal it. People are like, what? <laughs> the last one I'll mention is another, is, is, sorry, another Bradley Baker. I'd watch Nina dance Agamemnon at Jacob's Pillow 10 times to watch just this one episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and let's end on Laura Hughes, who says, definitely my top 10, probably top five, Black Ball. There are so many quotable lines in this episode. This is Fraser and Miles at their best. Uh, so thank you all so much for, for writing in. There's loads more on, on Facebook, so go over and check them out and see what people have been saying, have a conversation with them, debate and uh, engage in, in in kind of all things Frasier over on our Facebook page. Uh, next week, we will be back with Taps at the Montana, I do believe. Um, so look out for that one. Set your dials to, not to goosebumps, but to tapping. Um, lick it and stick it. <laughs> lick it and stick it. Other than that, I've been Will. And I've been Steve. And thank you very much for listening to We're Listening. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. Oh, my. 
And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe. But I got you pegs. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. 